Welcome back to season two of the Jawadian Podcast. My name is Ayana Ife here. Hey. Lalo, the Supreme, and Shakur Wyatt. Amen. Hello, everybody. We're on season two. I know y'all missed us. I know y'all missed us. We're here. We're back. We made it. And today, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Rather than conquering a world topic, we're going (laughs) to ask a simple question. How do you help somebody, a friend in particular, or a family member who is depressed? Like, how do you help them through that? How do you help them conquer that? How do you console them? The Merriam-Webster uh, definition, or I guess the Google definition said that uh, depression is considered feelings of severe despondency and dejection. And despondency is a state of low spirit caused by loss of hope or courage or something like that. So um, how do you help somebody who's dealing with uh, issues of low spirit and, uh, you know, loss of courage and all of that. Um, I think, I think, well, one of the answers people probably don't want to hear mm-hmm. is that um, sometimes you can't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that deep space of despondency and dejection. So more, more often than not, people know what it is that can cure themselves. You can say a lot of different things and try to do as much as you can. But uh, sometimes uh, it's never enough. Um, I think one of the best things we can do for people who are depressed is is probably just listen to them and then uh, provide provide uh, ref- reflective listening. So listen and then demonstrate that you've heard them. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I think um, I agree with what Ahmed is saying. A lot of times um, people do need someone to hear them out. And they need an area to be listened to, but, but not just listening, listening without judgment. Sometimes, like he said, you can't necessarily solve a person's problem, but just providing for them an avenue to vent or an avenue for them to express whatever it is that they've been dealing with. But also, I would say, taking things even further, understanding a little bit about um, what has caused that depression you may want to have a different tactic. For example, if this is a childhood trauma, for example, if someone has been attacked, um, there's so many different things that they lose a job, especially now during COVID, there has been such a high rise in, in, in people just being depressed. And some of that is related to specific, specific things that they've experienced. Like, for example, a family member has died or they've lost a job or just the fact that people are at home now more than they've ever been. Um, so it just kind of depends on what it is that they've been through. So understanding what they've been through is, is definitely going to be the first step to helping people deal with that depression. And I think also coming in with, without judgment. Sometimes people aren't willing to open up because of that fear of judgment. So if you do find that someone is willing to open up about it, then I would say just try to listen and try to empathize in the best way that you can. Now, some people do require help like for example the the different types of help so some people just need to be listened to and some people want a solution so um i mean i know none of us is therapists but that doesn't mean that we can't um we can't you know help with some sort of therapeutic method so yeah i would say listening but trying to understand listening to understand not necessarily listening to respond and then in understanding the, the motivation or the reasoning behind that sort of depression, you can 
I guess, tailor your response to that person. Because some people need to be listened to and then some people would need a roadmap to help them yeah. get back to their normal. I don't really help person. I like I help person save themselves, honestly. Because in the end of the day, it's got to be you who like, finally makes the final push to get yourself out of that. Mm. So how do you help a person help themselves? Because I always view the way depression works as like being like a drowning in like a little rapid. You know what a rapid is? They're like a fast stream. So like you gotta like throw the throw the rope for them and they gotta grab onto it and pull themselves out. Like Antiana said, it just like it tailors to what they went through and in like and what caused the downfall or in decreasing their emotional state. So what I would do is honestly, like she said, hear them out, then respond accordingly. And like the amount of times I have to do that in order to get them out. I would probably do that if there's other ways to like cheer them up and like to raise their emotional state. I'd probably do that too. But at the end of the day, it's up to that one person to like finally free them, not free themselves, but like get themselves out of a state where they're always feeling depressed. I guess. I had a I had a buddy. Uh, this is a long time ago. Wow, it's not that long if you really think about it. But I had a buddy who was incredibly depressed. <laughs> I'm not sure what the what the cause of it was. Uh, but he he was just like drowning his own sorrows like he would drink alcohol he was way underage he would do so so much crazy stuff and i would i would just look to him i'd be like hey man uh you know you talk to me talk to us talk to the group uh you know you, you help yourself out or whatever and he would either isolate himself from everybody or sometimes he would make appearances or whatever so one day he finds this girl um, and he really likes her and she makes him a lot happier but both of them are depressed this sounds like a movie but this is a true story both of them are depressed and together they just made their situation a whole lot worse so one, they break up and he's just even worse drowning himself and whatever and the core start of it was his father um, his father was never around or something like that so that's why that's why he told us he was and when after he broke up with that girl that he felt was going to save him or really loved him uh there was now another reason so he really just he couldn't save himself nobody could like get to him even when he would come and hang out with everybody and listen to everybody's piece of stuff that they went through and how they might be able to like help him or talk to him or it just relate to him in any way it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work so he kind of just from my point of view, he, he, it almost like maybe he wasn't just ready to help himself yet, but he definitely, he definitely, he didn't, he didn't take any steps. One day, I haven't seen him in, in maybe a year or maybe a year and a half. Uh, he shows up on the radar, and I seen him, and he is happier than ever. He is. I don't know what happened, but some sometime in that in that space that he was away from everybody. Uh, he, he 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 got through it all, all on his own. Like he is, he's doing great. I don't I don't I don't really know what the point of this is. But all I'm saying is, yeah. Sometimes if you really just can't help anybody, uh, it's best to just leave them to their own devices and let them work through it. But other times, other people need a saving grace. Personally, uh, I've never been like depressed, but I've been in like, um, I guess situations where i'm the only person that can help myself you know mm. well yeah. Lalo, on the point of uh leaving people to their own devices I'd, when it comes to depression i'd have to say no um you, you, know? can, you can provide a support to people 
and uh, give them space to work out their problems, but still be in that vicinity. So you, anytime they reach out, uh, you talk to them anytime, uh, and you do as much as you can in that area. You continue to talk to them when they reach out, and then you pursue and, and ask, hey, look, I've been having you know, concerns about you lately. Recently, I noticed you were in a, in a bad, uh, uh, in, in, in a different mood than you usually are, like a pretty down mode. And then you continue to get bridge that gap and get them to talk to you. And you can ask some questions like, uh, when, did, when did you first start feeling this way? This is some of the questions I read on uh, helpguide.org. But they also go into some of the uh, tips for talking to people with depression. And um, it's funny that you guys brought this topic up because uh, May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, where? Yeah. Yep. So good job. And um, so you can say things like, you know, things that help are like, you're not alone. I'm here for you during this tough time. It may be hard believing right now, but the way you're feeling will change. Please tell me like what I can do to help you. Uh, those sort of sort of questions and some questions that you want to avoid, they say. It's like, um, this is all in your head. Everyone goes through tough times. Try to look oh, on yeah. the bright side. Just snap out of it. And you know, <laughs> and yeah, those sort of lines of questions uh, you know or i can't do anything about it or you should you should be feeling better now like stuff like that you can't put your time on uh time stamp on when people should feel done suffering with whatever it is they're suffering yeah yeah for sure um you definitely can't put a timer on on what point the person will start to feel <clears throat> excuse me better again about what it is that they're dealing with and I think also it's it's really important to understand that because this could be something that someone deals with throughout the duration of their life so some people will always deal with depression and so it's really important to understand that you can't say well you've been going through this for two three weeks now you know or for a month now for a year now when are we gonna pull out of it they may never be able to pull out of it, so that's why it's important that they have these certain steps in place so that they can um, not get over it, but but live with it, you know, or find a way to still live even with these bouts of depression. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would say. How okay? This question is going to sound very uneducated, but how how much does um, being bipolar? Uh, intertwine with depression because I have another story on that, um, and I want to make I want to make sure I'm talking about the right thing. Right, right. It definitely, it, they're definitely related in some way. Uh, bipolar people do have bouts of depression, suicidal ideations, um, things like that. They have lows where they feel very depressed, very unworthy, where they feel like. Um, you know, they're not good enough for this or they're not, they're not good enough to be loved. So they can have very low lows. And then they have a manic phase where they are um, times 10. Everything is amazing and, and the world's going to be great. And, yep. um, and so, so they have highs and lows with the way that they, um, <clears throat> with the way that they operate. And some bipolar people, are, are very, they're very functional. So even though they may be feeling down about themselves, it's really a very dynamic sort of thing. They may be feeling down about themselves or feeling unworthy, but they can still function. So just because they're sad and not feeling good doesn't mean they're always laying in bed. So they could still be out and about functioning. They could still be complimenting you. They could still be living a life, but internally they, they have these feelings of, 
of being unworthy and they have these feelings of, um, of just stress and high anxiety and that sort of thing. So there's a masking that comes with it. It really kind of just depends on what I'm going to say, what form um, that you have, but yes, there, yeah. there is, there is depression associated with bipolarism for sure. Okay. So another buddy, he was, uh, he was bipolar and he would like, he was the most fun guy in the group. He was the loudest, he was the brightest, and he just uplifted everybody's spirits. So every once in a while, uh, when we're all hanging out, you'd notice just, he, he would like disappear. And when you, if you would find him, if you could, you would just find him sitting on like a bench or a chair and he would just be out of it. And if you might, if you might, uh, I guess inquire, just be like, hey, uh, what's up? Are you, you doing all right? Sometimes he would have like bouts of rage. He would like scream at you or whatever. Or sometimes he would just be crying. And he would just, I really, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. So I don't, I don't, I don't have the professional outlook, but he would really just be in complete turmoil. And his mom knew about it. Everybody knew about it. And I felt like nobody was, nobody was like helping him because he just, he, I felt like he was just completely alone. He had nobody to talk to. He would not talk to anybody about it. He would get very sensitive, or he would have extreme mood swings. It was, it was, it was pretty deep. So we would just try to have a good time with him whenever we could. And I, I really, I did not know how to help him at all. And at some point, I was just like, um, I, I, I did give up. I did give up. He was, he was a good friend of mine, but I gave up on him. That's the truth. And, you know, he, he was. I really, I didn't know how to help him. And I haven't seen him in a long, long time. And I, I feel terrible, but I really, I don't know what to do. There was nobody there for him at all. Do you, I'm curious about um, giving up on him. Why? Was it, this is not to throw shade or anything. I'm mm-hmm. curious I got though, it, because I got sometimes, because I, I have friends with, with some of these conditions as well. And sometimes you find that the level of um, attention that they, that, that they need or the level of, the, the drasticness of the two phases of the back and forth that can start to cause um, that can start to weigh on you as as a person on the receiving end who's trying to be helpful and mm-hmm. so I've found in, in my life that I have pulled away from from friends that have these conditions because it starts to weigh down on me and then I find myself getting depressed or I find myself withdrawing in ways that I would not have you know, if I hadn't had this conversation with this person. Yeah. Or some, so so yeah. sometimes it's that repeated, they're coming back, they're coming, every time they call, you know it's gonna be something crazy. And so it yeah. does start to, you start to kind of get a little jumpy when you see a text message from them or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I, I say you have to be able to help yourself before you can help others. So I'm not saying that it's right or wrong to pull away, but if you now are are are, are going down this road, kind of like your friend, we'll do more girlfriend was was kind of um, you know misery likes company sort of thing. So if you're not, if it's starting to pull you down too, you have to be able to be strong enough to facilitate the relationship. Um, at yeah. least that's how I see yep. it. So I would say if you needed to pull away for a duration of time, I wouldn't fault you for that because I would hate to have you be pulled down as well. Um, so I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, fault you for needing, for needing to pull yourself away. Honestly, well, I got something yeah. for that. Hold on. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say. Mine's kind of long. Okay. 
all right, then I'll be short. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Lalo, it, you don't have to look at it as a, as a negative thing. Right. You can see it as a, a learning curve for you. And the, the, the area that you learn in here is that, you know, it's just patience. And then also, like she said, like Yana said, um, protecting your own mental health and everything, because you can't help someone if you can't help yourself, right? So mm -hmm. you've, you've got to take care of numero uno first, the number one star player. So you can't help someone if you can't help yourself. So you, you've got to protect your mental health and your space and everything. But um, it that doesn't mean you have to give up on people. Right. Yeah. And um, since we're here on the topic of mental health, uh, I was going to take let's take a hot second to provide some resources. So um, especially during the pandemic right now, um, some all, uh, one of the online resources that uh, a lot of people have been talking about is uh, BetterHelp.com. And BetterHelp provides uh, direct-to-consumer mental health service as per their uh, wiki. And the on they, they provide online counseling, therapy services, provide their web-based interaction, as well as phone and text communication. So if you're dealing with any um, uh, mental health issues or just stress in general, uh, you can contact these guys and they can uh, communicate with you over the web, via the phone, and or text. And then another option is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And um, that is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And you can give them a call at 800-273-8255 if you um, need support for any of these issues. And um, yeah, totally stay off of WebMD. Yeah, no, that's great what you what you said. That's a great resource. I'd like to add one more that's specifically targeted towards youth and young adults in North America. They're called Nasiha Helpline. Um, so you can Google them. They're open seven days a week. And they specialize in minority youth in North America, specifically religious groups, could be Muslim, could be non-Muslim. Um, but they help the youth kind of help themselves and find more productive out, outlooks. So they've dealt with suicide prevention. They've dealt with um, just, just sometimes culture and, and mental health don't always work together. And so they provide a lot of resources when it comes to the youth. So I would say Nasiha Helpline, N-A-S-E-E-H-A Helpline. Thanks, mm. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah by the way, yeah, uh, for the viewers, um, we are we are uh the youth of this podcast are not depressed we're just um, <laughs> we, we're just we're just we're just you know we're talking about it because we've all had experiences with people or with it so Corey stop looking crazy you yeah. had something to say oh uh, yeah so I got one of I got I got a lot of story for y'all um it's it's a long one that's what not a long one I don't know so um I have met a friend um or I had met a person and we met uh, in person, and then we were. Uh, this is before the pandemic, so we were. Uh, we had a, a nice talking. She was really nice and stuff like that. And then um, I got I got her snap, and then we just started talking back and forth. Relax. You got her what? I'm sorry. Her snap, 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 Snapchat. Okay. Snapchat, snap. Yeah. So we started talking back and forth and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> And social media, Antiana, social media. So then that's so we started going back and forth and we started getting to know each other and all like that. And then like um she had some problems going on. So I was I was always like a person to uh, always lending an ear for her. 
you know what I'm saying? It was boyfriend drama, this drama, you know what I'm saying? It was always that. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because she went through a lot of breakups and stuff like that. And then, like, I would, like, give her counseling. And then, like, one day, she just told me, like, her life story because she felt like she needed someone to hear it. And then she, like, I told, uh, she told me about how she was um, sexually assaulted as a kid. Um, She was, she had a lot of uh, issues. Like, I had 16th birthday, Kinsumiera. Um, she had an incident with someone else, you know what I'm saying? Like, she had gone through the things. And, and I had to, like, um, I was just, like, kind of in awe because it was, like, a giant paragraph of just a lot of stuff that was going on that uh, happened in her life that was honestly, like, really sad. Um, I wish I could have done more for her or can do more for her, yeah. She's not dead. Um, so she told me all about her life and the issues. And when she finally told me, she was like, that felt really good to finally say that to someone else and them have to actually hear me. And yeah, because her mom was her mom was problematic in those situations. But um, I, I was like, of course, anytime. And then like she would text me and like, like Anciana said, I would like expect that to be something wrong. And like when it wasn't something wrong, I was always like, I'm proud of you. Um, right. I'm happy that you're doing better. And like when it was something wrong, I always gave counseling because I can't really turn a person away if they're like coming to me right. when they're like sad. So like, and this was over the span of a year. And even today, I'm still giving her counseling. She had she had a college application that she was nervous about. And I was like, yeah, you're going to get it. Just go for it. And then like, I help a lot of people out, but like, with her was probably like one of the most serious cases because she was on the brink of collapsing a lot of times and it's just it's um it's just something I wanted to share because on the topic and she's better now though. She's better now, she's going to college, she has all her own business, she's hustling. So yeah, there 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 are other ends of the tunnels. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's beautiful. Do you have like um uh, are you looking forward to like a, a, a career in mental health or counseling? I actually am. Yeah, in psychology. Maybe be a therapist. I actually wanted so, to do that a while ago. Yeah, cool. I want to do it now. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could use two therapists in the world, two new therapists in the world. African-American yeah. understanding other communities and in the family. minorities. And especially in the family. That would be beautiful. Yeah, because I know a lot of people have issues with, like, religion, conflicting with their mental health, family sure. conflicting with their mental health. And I'm just trying to be that one person and be like, yo, you're fine here. You're safe here. You're talking about it. And, like, I want people to feel secure with themselves mentally, emotionally, physically. You know what I'm saying? That's beautiful. <laughs> Corey, don't That's have to laugh about it. That's like, only laughing because you're I laughing, but I agree. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with them no, with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very selfless that you would want to be doing this at your age. What, 18, 17, 18? I'm 17. 17, yeah. so that's great. I, like I said, I help a lot of people. It's not really uncommon for me to like, receive people that be like, uh, that be wanting counseling. Uh, yeah. it, it, it'll, be, it'll be trivial problems, like my boyfriend just broke up with me or something like that, or it'll be heavy. And then like, yeah. you just gotta sit down and like, Brunch it all and like listen to them and 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 then like I- give your feedback and then just be like there's always someone here for you and like make sure there's like an always an ear for them 
to be heard, an option, an unbiased, an unbiased person that is willing to like to tell them how it, it's supposed to be, and then like also reassure them and like build them up because you can't just break someone down if they're like, yeah. exposing themselves to you. And do you do all of this over Twitch? Oh, not over Twitch, no. <laughs> I have many apps that I do so. <laughs> that's that's amazing. This is really yeah. beautiful. It's interesting because whenever I meet people, they I'm just I guess I bear the um bear the that aura that people find pleasant to talk to. Like a lot of the people I meet to, they just come to me with their problems. And after I did learn my I did learn a lot from that friend that I gave up on. So I've never I've never done it again because I really do feel terrible about it. Uh, I always I always tell people that come. Uh, looking for uh, whatever they need but i don't know i don't know what happened to him or where he is yeah. i i can really only hope that he's doing better inshallah he's doing all right um i wouldn't yeah. get myself up over that lalo that's a part of life and like ahmed said that is a learning curve and you have to allow yourself some grace in the fact that you are human and you are only 17 so he's 16 I just aged you. I just aged you. Let me get my kudos. Well, you'll be seventeen this year, so. Yeah, yeah I've had that. I've had that. Uh, that that same sort of experience in life, where people feel comfortable talking to you, whether it's good stuff, same, just good stuff, and they just they just tell you things. <laughs> For and sure. People are, other people are usually shocked when they see it. They're like, "Oh my god, how did you get that person to open up?" <laughs> Like, yeah. how did you get that person to, like, a new manager at work comes in. He's telling me all these stories about his his family, his ex-wives, and, and everything. And people are just like, that guy was so stoic. Like, he never said anything to anyone. How did you get... And, um, yeah, my... my what, I, what I've learned in that is, is to really protect people's stories and protect people's information and... To honor people's counsel, sorry, to honor people's counsel, yes. or honor the counsel that people seek from you. Right. When people seek to tell you their story or to seek or seek your counsel, you should always take it as a as a badge of honor and provide the best counsel that they could ever have uh, for, from you. You know, and um, with 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 um, with their with the, the individual themselves in mind, you know, not just the best counsel as a one size fit all right. kind of model, but um, with a holistic approach to the individual's uh, life, their perspective and their values. So yeah. I agree yeah, with that. And I think it's something that probably just runs in the family because I get the same thing where I've, I've met people in passing on the train, on the subway. Hey. Um, you know, New York tough, right? New York people, any, anyone really, because I've lived in so many different places. And they do, and I was like, is there something on my face that says, speak to me, tell me what's going on? Because mm-hmm. people will literally sit and just start. And I agree with what Ahmed said about that. When someone's being vulnerable with you, especially when this is not someone that's typically vulnerable with everyone that they meet, but you find that when people are vulnerable with you, it's because of for whatever reason. I don't know if you've been placed there for some reason to allow them to vent or to allow them to express themselves or they think they see honesty in your face or whatever it may be that's drawn them towards you. You do need to honor that and respect that. And, um, you know, and, and provide what you can. But it's certainly it's certainly an honor that, to have, that someone can just walk up to you and feel that comfortable to be able to to express that 
you know, whether it's a stranger or whether it's someone that you know, because I've gotten calls from people that I have met years ago and they just had my number and were like, hey, you know what, I'm going through this. I mean, nine, 10 at night, pick up the phone just randomly. Like I haven't spoken to this person in four years and they're just like, hey, this is what's going on. So, you know, and it can very, very intimate, very personal situations. So, I mean, I'm glad that you, that I'm able to be used as a vessel in that way. Um, in those cases, I don't find those situations to be, to be overwhelming, but I have had those few with those recurring people that kind of you're like, oh boy, what are we going to get into now? Um, but I always try and do my best um, with handling that. And I think it's really important to try and, and offer an unbiased opinion or to, to give some sort of guidance or even, even um, letting them know about other resources where they can get professional help because I've done that as well. So sometimes it, it may be a situation where it goes a bit above you and you're like, hey, um, there are some resources here that maybe could be very beneficial. But I'm always here and the door is open. We all have had our experiences in that. We've all known people with that type of thing. And, um, you know, what's important is that we all, uh, we all made it through and we're all actively helping people out there. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you're listening and you have uh, experienced any stuff we've talk talked about or anything related, um, yeah, just know, like, um, your friends and family are the ones that you can rely on. But sometimes your family is the problem or whatever, whatever it may be. But there are a lot of there are a lot of places you can go for help. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so if family and fr if family can't do it, find yourself a good friend. Because sometimes family may have been through that same trauma with you. And sometimes family can't pick you up. Sometimes family just doesn't have what it takes to pick you up. Or if it's cultural-based, they may not believe in this sort of thing. So there, there's you really have to keep those things in mind as well. Um, I'd say a really good friend is it might might be also beneficial. If family can't do it for you, I'd say get yourself a really good friend if you can't afford to, to get yourself a therapist, um, but think about those resources that we that we mentioned earlier with the Nasiha Youth Helpline. Ahmed, what was the ones that not to put you on blast? What were the ones that you mentioned? There are suicide hotlines that you can call and speak to. Tell, um, yes, I agree. Seek support. Seek support. Seek support. Um, try and get support. more sleep. BetterHelp. Um, try BetterHelp.com. Yeah, BetterHelp.com. Go and ahead, this National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Yeah, a big one is seek support, not just from uh, family and friends and everything. Yeah. If you see that it's getting to a point um, that you, it's unmanageable on your own, seek professional help. Seek well. professional help because the, at the end of the day, um, and I know it's not easy to hear this, but you are not alone. You know, there are other people going through these things. And by saying that, I don't mean to, to put down your experiences. I mean to let you know that there are resources that can help. So if other people have gone through it, that means that, that experts have studied this and they've found resources that can help. Even a small help is better than nothing. And they've, these resources have worked. So if yeah. it worked on somebody else, it can work on you too. It may work help on you. you. Yeah, and advocates, Shakur, like you said, you guys are advocates for um, mental health. You know, um, direct uh, with delicacy to to for these individuals to, to seek support, professional support. 
so sure. direct with delicacy to seek professional support. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a great first episode yeah. on the Jawadi Podcast Season 2. Thank you for coming with us today. Thanks Thank so you much, for listening. Guys. And that's it. That's a wrap. Oh, 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 oh,